we did a post uh, soliciting your questions. Uh, there's a lot of them. We did not get through them all last week. Last time we tried a mailbag episode, I think we were maybe less popular. And <laughs> and we didn't realize how big a job this would be. We we promised a two-part episode. So I don't know. Like, so it's going to be like the human condition or something by the time we're finished. What movies do you think will one day be seen as capturing the political and social mood of the late 2010s, early 2020s? Not thinking of explicitly political movies here, but more the subconscious relationship a movie like Death Wish has to the 1970s or torture horror movies have to the Bush era? Yeah, it is a good question. And I mean, the the short answer is I'm not certain. Sometimes those things reveal themselves later, but you can't deny the popularity of the Marvel movies during that period of time is undeniable, the dominance that they had. And what does that say about those times? I mean, you could do some real like dime store analysis of, oh, uh, society was looking for heroes. And so these costume superheroes <laughs> came along. Yeah, when you think about it, they're like our modern mythology. <laughs> yeah. It's like Joss Whedon is a modern Homer, folks. Those movies also very consciously prod the zeitgeist, you know, with all the political stuff in them. They're always about like extrajudicial law enforcement and that sort of thing. And they're always the bad people who run those extrajudicial law enforcement things. And then the good people like Nick Fury and Iron Man and the gang <laughs> who, who can be trusted with it. The so, boys. <laughs> so they very consciously prod it. And clearly there's something in that that really speaks to people. But I'm not quite sure how to articulate this except to say that we live in very postmodern times. And there's something about this new emerging like metaverse trend in these movies or the these multiverse trends of all these different universes with all these different spider-mans and the fact that the movies just visually themselves flagrantly look as if they've been assembled entirely on computers like visually i think a movie like jurassic park which came out almost 30 years ago looks better and more convincing than a movie like it looks better than Jurassic World Dominion, which just came out, which, by the way, uh, I watched about half of it the other night, not watching the rest. Absolute dog shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, the movies just, just look, like, weightless and textureless and bad. And and I think I think that speaks to the society that we live in now, this kind of postmodern society. It's funny, because you're right that it's postmodern, but thinking about the actual, like, uh, mode of production undergirding, you know, the Marvel movies, I mean, we're, we're returning to Fordist production methods, except for culture. Like, it is the most like formulaic sort of route the people who work on these movies and the actors might as well be on an assembly line just like uh, mechanistically pulling levers like the workers in metropolis or something to churn these things out um i have a two-pronged answer to this question the first prong is that i agree with will um about these intellectual property movies i mean i i think that perhaps nothing better symbolizes the current moment than the phenomenon of mega corporations uh, becoming sort of quasi-sentient self-conscious self-aware in the movies that they're producing, putting themselves into these movies as characters or as part of the the setting, as part of the the mise-en-scene, something like that. I think that is perfectly emblematic of an era of cryptocurrency and of NFTs and of more broadly just an era where culturally and politically and economically it's just everything's running on fumes everything's running on empty and so what can you do when you're running on empty well you find more things to commodify what's that old uh, crushing board tweet you know what if we monetize the rot you know that's the that's the stage we're at so that's that's one thing and I guess as a as a second uh, part of this answer I would I would return to something I said um, on a previous 
this episode, um, extending what Will said from Marvel to include DC as well, because I really do think Marvel and DC, uh, you know, I've convinced myself now, uh, they represent competing sensibilities, but symbiotic sensibilities for this time. You know, you have, on the one hand, the extremely self-serious tone of something like, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League. You know, it's literally in black and white. It's like almost camp and how self-serious it is. It's closest and, you know, I'm not accusing Zack Snyder of anything here, but I mean, it's closest to, you know, on a purely aesthetic level, closest to something like, you know, some of the stuff you'd associate with MAGA. Like it has to me the aesthetic of like, who's the guy that does those really serious paintings where it'll be Donald Trump and then he's just with all of the founding fathers (laughs) or something. I love that guy. It's so funny. Like there's no irony to it or whatever. It's like camp, but in a way that he doesn't understand. And then on the other, the the flip side, you know, you've got, you got, you got Marvel, you got, you got the, the soy banter and, you know, that's closest to some of the stuff, uh, some of the stuff the libs do where it's like, yeah, America never stopped being great. And, you know, some, we went from Barack Obama to Donald Trump, but we're determined to maintain the same fiction. All the while pointing at camps uh, where, you know, uh, desperate people who are trying to uh, enter the United States on the southern border are being detained and being like, well, so that's a thing. 